You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. The trade deadline passed and the 76ers made a move. The key addition, George Hill. Hill for three. He has shot it better than anybody in the NBA this year. We react to the trade and talk about what type of role and fit the veteran could have here. Never been a big factor on starting or coming off the bench. It really doesn't matter to me. Um, I just want to compete night in and night out. Uh, do whatever the team asks me to do and do it at a high level. We also take a look at what this deal says about the roster and why it was important to keep it intact. I'm Lauren Rosen. I'm Devon Givens. And I'm Brian Seltzer. It's a Friday deep dive this week on a Thursday as we bring you instant reaction to the NBA trade deadline. The trade deadline, guys. It happened. I don't know if it happened, happened, but it happened. 76ers, the tea leaves indicated, were active. They were participants. We heard things. We saw things reported. But then in the end, I think a quality move to deepen the depth at an important spot on this roster while keeping the core in place. How would you grade this in terms of just the the pop factor? Because I think that's what the trade deadline, it's one of those 10-pole moments of the year, right, where we talk about pop and splash and all that Let's go on the scale of one to five. We'll start with you, Devon. Splash factor. What would you give this trade deadline for the Sixers? A splash factor for the 76ers, one to five? I definitely have to go with a three. Because I do believe people were good with George Hill as as an option. So when that happened, and it happened relatively early, people were excited. It was going to be the follow-up, as you mentioned, with any other names that could have been mixed in there as well. So... A splash factor, I would say three. Uh, Good player coming into town. Definitely the ball handling, trusting him in the playoffs. And and being that he has experience in the playoffs, deep runs to the finals. We know who George Hill is. Secondary ball handler. uh, Someone who can take a little bit of the pressure off of Shake Milton at times as well. So I like it, and I think the splash factor is a three. And real quickly, just to put this into context, Arn. Splash, there's going to be a follow-up to this. Let's just talk about Splash on the surface because I'm going to 
then have a follow-up one to five splash factor i think i know what your follow-up is and i'm more confident about my answer there so i think i'm just gonna go follow suit give about a three on the splash factor looking forward to getting to know george hill i've heard he's a great guy give it a three okay so that's splash i'm gonna go two on the splash scale but now what about the impact factor the impact on this team splash and impact different reverse order lauren your impact grade ranking what would you give it one to five I don't know if I'm answering the question the way you want me to, <laughs> but I think the impact of, of, of the lack of a bigger move might get a higher score on my impact scale. So to me, the, the overall impact on, on what happened today to me is about a four and a half. Today is in Thursday. It's about a four and a half because I think the doubling down on the existing roster, the faith that today's moves and lack of moves showed in the existing roster and the existing chemistry and the exist the status quo of this team is believed in by the people in charge. And, and it's a vote of confidence for these guys to keep doing what they're doing and to continue growing in the direction that they're growing. And to me, I almost feel heartened by the lack of extra moves because it shows how much confidence this organization has in the team that they've put together. Okay. Well, I I think that I, I think that's the correct answer uh, to it. Just understanding that uh, the importance uh, again of what he brings to the team with the experience, the fact that to your point, Lauren, that they do trust the players that are there. And at the end of the day, for me, uh, no matter the name value, the splash factor, even if it was a five with another player that didn't end up here, I think the splash really comes to. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Tobias Harris. That's where I, I always felt it relied on those three, specifically the other two, and Simmons and Embiid, because of while there are the three core players for this team, the, the foundation started with them. And we've seen them in the playoffs longer than Tobias Harris with this, with those two players. And then everyone else just mixed in with Curry and Green and uh, the rest of the rotation that you have. But when it all came down to it for me, it was about the two all-stars, the two all-NBA players, all defensive level players. So for me, again, I'm with you, Lauren, where I go with the four, but it's simply because of the importance of those two, those three. I don't want to leave Tobias out and what they do in the second half and certainly in the postseason for this basketball team. So that's, that's my answer. Celtics, I hope I answered that as well. No, both of you doing terrific jobs getting to the heart of, of these two questions. I do think the move makes the team better, for sure. I like George Hill. He's a guy who's been around. He's won, hasn't won a title. He's been to playoff runs in each of his seasons in the league except for one. So I like the move, and I think it helps out in the spot where the 76ers need help. I'd probably put it at like, yeah, 4.5, 4.67, something like that. But there's two parts of the conversation, and we're not trying to overlook Ignas Brezdakis, a really high-quality big at the G League level who the 76ers acquired. He averaged nearly 21 points per game and eight rebounds and three assists with Westchester for the Knicks the last two seasons. The Sixers actually worked him out two years ago going into the uh, 2019 draft. He played for Michigan. But really this conversation centers around Hill in the immediate short-term future, but it also speaks to what the 76ers front office thinks about the rest of the roster and the core. I don't want to move on from George Hill just yet. He's 
a guy who's been around for a while. He's, I think, in kind of a Tobias Harris-like way, he's bounced around between a handful of different teams because he is such a quality, dependable, and respected player. His defense is solid. He was the leader in three-point shooting percentage in 2019-20 at 46%. We know he can hit a three if he needs to. And he's just a quality veteran guy. And like you said, Devon, a ball handler, another one of those is something the Sixers needed. And I think this is a guy who's been through it. He has experience. He has deep postseason experience with the Milwaukee Bucks most recently uh, going to the Eastern Conference Finals not too long ago. So I think in many ways um, the Sixers did not have to do the old proverbial mortgaging of the future while acquiring a guy who has a proven track record. I like the fact that they got somebody in in the fold now where you just believe you can trust them. Uh, you can put the ball in his hands out there to run a unit uh, whenever the situation calls for it, whether it's in the, the, the fourth quarter, uh, when we're talking about free throws at the end of the game, and you may worry about who your personnel is, uh, we're not going to go back to the NBA Finals where he split the pair that led to the, of course, J.R. Smith infamous gaffe. But uh, he's a guy who knocks down free throws. He can hit his open shots from distance, uh, run a team, and I think he commands the respect as well that the players trust him. They know who he is. He's from Milwaukee to Cleveland to Indiana. He's always been in the mix, as you alluded to. And he is just one of these guys that can do it on both ends of the floor. It's not all on him, but it is certainly uh, something to look at with this team where that trust will be there. Not, Not just the players, the coach. The coach knows. The coach has seen him. The coach has played against him. He has coached against him. They trust him. And I think that's that's key with what he now brings to this club. I like what you say about leadership, Devon, because we know that we have a lot of strong leaders on this 76ers team in guys like Danny Green, Dwight Howard, Tobias Harris. Danny Green and George Hill overlapped for a few years in San Antonio, so we know that they understand each other's vibes, and certainly Danny will probably be, I mean, regardless of who the Sixers would have brought in, you imagine Danny Green would be a large part of helping them acclimate to the team. But I like the fact that the two of them have overlapped, that there could be mutual respect there. You mentioned Doc Rivers playing against him. He also played for Dave Yeager in Sacramento. So it's a cool fit because he has experience with some of the most important players on this team. And I look forward to seeing sort of how they all reunite together in probably just a few days, right? You would have to think and hope. I think something we'll probably learn a little bit more about, at least as of the taping of this pod, as we react to some fresh news. George Hill has not played in a game since January 25th. He appeared in the first 14 games of the season for Oklahoma City. Then he had a thumb injury in the beginning of February. And obviously, given where Oklahoma City is right now in terms of its evolution in this current iteration of its franchise, um, the fact that George Hill didn't play in recent weeks, uh, I think that that probably... um, was somewhat linked to where OKC is right now and where OKC might be trying to go in terms of its rebuild. But yeah, you'd think he'd be able to come in. He's a guy who gets it, can jump right in the mix, fills a need. And I think that, listen, this speaks to perhaps the even bigger story that I would have to assume that within the last couple weeks, the 76ers front office decision makers probably began to believe even more, or perhaps their belief was even reinforced that much more, about what this team is right now. The team has played great shorthanded after the All-Star break. And I think we'd all admit here that the Sixers haven't played in terms of caliber of opponent the you know most 
demanding and rigorous of schedules. It's not like game after game after game is against a top four seed from either conference, but they're playing against teams that are in the hunt for a playoff picture, whether it's to move up in their respective conference or to get in in one of the play-in spots. And the Sixers have dominated a lot of these games, and they figured out how to do it without either Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons. And I think that some of these guys who might have called like maybe fringe guys that you could count on for the postseason, they're showing you more and more the role and need they might be able to fill. They're making it work with what they have, which is what they've expressed they want to do all year. And now, of course, without massive moves or changes to the roster, they're going to get to continue making it work with what they have. Tobias Harris has talked a lot lately about the winning culture that they've set up over the last few months and how he really believes in that culture. He believes that his teammates believe in that culture. And I think because they've all bought into the system that they're playing in, they have seen a lot of success regardless of who's available or who the opponent is. And I think regardless of of who they've played or when they've played them, the Sixers have had a lot of really big quality wins this season as well. Regardless of who the opponent is or who's available or who's injured, it's a team that's figured out ways to make it work all year long. And I just think that that's a great sign. We've talked about it a lot and, and it continues to be true. We have. We have spoken about that quite a bit and always talking about those benchmarks, right, Lauren, where, where we talk, are, can they get over the hump here? Can they do this one here? They keep they keep being presented with all these challenges and they continue to 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 pass them and, and, and get over those those hurdles that we thought might have been there in the past. And we've seen maybe a, a, them failing at it. And in this particular case, we're seeing the, the opposite where they're starting to pass. And, and as the wins come, it's always about the wins. If the wins continue to pile up, then the confidence just grows. And even when you are missing Joel Embiid, as, as important as he is, when you miss him, but you continue to win in different ways, I have questions of how are they going to do it? How is the offense going to change a little bit with Embiid not there? How's the defense going to function without him, even though Ben Simmons is a candidate of the defensive player of the year as well and a first-teamer? How are they going to function with him basically being the, the safety with everything going on behind you kind of let everyone know what's going on, but it has worked and they, they, they perform very well. Uh, sometimes they have us on the edge of our seats, maybe biting our fingernails, but at the end of the, of the day, they come away with the W. And as you do that and you continue to pick up these wins and you continue to add these W's to that left column, which is most important, <laughs> Uh, gives you that confidence that even when he does come back or even when you do add a player via the trade deadline, that nothing is going to rock the boat of what you are accomplishing right now and what the end game is for this basketball team. Sixers went into Thursday's game against the Lakers with a record of 31-13. and 13. I mean, that's really good. That's second best in the NBA good. And there's something to that. And I think that obviously the question that was confronting Daryl Morey, this isn't like me breaking any news here, is how much do you rock the boat in the short term, in the immediacy for this year, in the long term? And I think that when you look up and down the 76ers roster, when you're talking about some of the key regular members of the rotation, if you posed yourself the question, well, what would the Sixers world look like without player X, you could see some consequences I mean, there are some guys who are looking like they're beginning to scratch the surface a little bit deeper. Um, you know, Matisse Thibel, the way he's played defense, but also the way he shot the ball better in the second half of the season so far. Makes you go, hmm. Furkan Korkmaz has 
been showing up more in timely spots with his shot. He shot over 40% last year. He's creeping up towards 375 this year. Uh, is he at a point in his career where you can view him as a reliable shooter? I mean, I think that he's shown that he can come up big in certain spots. We know what Shake Milton can do. Um, and it just it seems like the core of this team is in a good place where um, between what we've seen on the court and some of the intangibles, and I don't want to like overblow intangibles, but I think in this case they actually do represent something um, that's meaningful this year. If you're 31 and 13 heading into the home stretch, maybe you owe it to the core to see how far it can go without risking too much for your future. Yeah, um, I with the entire deadline that that, that was upon us for the trade deadline, I, I I'm like many where. Okay, as you pointed out, what's the splash? <laughs> how how can you how can you just get better? I mean, that's the fan in me and, and seeing how it plays out. But I also looked at it logically and thought that this would be a possibility with how 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 you are now. And when we now look at it and we we go forward and, and talking about the trust, those are now the checkpoint Celtics and Lauren that we are now looking for in the second half of the season. Can you continue to play this way? When Embiid comes back, how do you now adjust again to him returning? Then when George Hill comes in, the players that he's now coming off the, the bench with are, is everyone, because we thought they have already, is everyone now continuing to buy into what your role is on this basketball team to be Celtics that contender that you alluded to uh, at, at this point of the season. It's real now. At least it appears to be. So if it's that and you continue to do this for Con Korkmaz, we've seen you in the playoffs and sometimes it has not worked out for you. That was a learning curve. Shake Milton. Your role has elevated, but now you have someone to go with you that you can even learn from to do these things and on and on and on where it's normally an eight, nine man rotation. I want everyone to push Doc Rivers where it needs to be longer. And, and that's what I like about this team, that it's going to be about playoffs. It's going to be about playoff rotation, playoff minutes. Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And at the end of the day, are we going to be able to win in this way? And that's what I, I look at this for possibly a buyout as well uh, of the marketplace there and if that doesn't happen then again it's something one more time that hey we may have looked but at the end of the day we like you guys and we think you can do it and we know doc rivers said the other day he loves the team as it's currently constituted when he was asked about where things stood heading into the trade deadline and i didn't think that was lip service i think that he really feels like this group is starting to come together at an important time of the year Lauren. For sure. And I think that the guys agree. I mean, clearly they just enjoy spending time with each other. And I like what you said, Devon, about depth. You have to feel pretty solid about the Sixers depth, even prior to the buyout market. Obviously, regular season and playoffs are different. But like you said, if you're looking at an eight, nine man rotation, the Sixers have plenty of people that could be considered now for that eight or nine man rotation and maybe a few outside candidates at cracking that eight or nine man rotation. I know people worry a little bit about youth when you talk about a Shake Milton, a Batiste Thibel, a Furkan Korkmaz, but look at how much those guys have grown since a year ago. So I'm excited to see how those guys respond to a late season situation, to a playoff situation. Keep in mind the three of them, I guess, aside from Furcon, their only true playoff experience was in the bubble. So they haven't even had a real playoffs yet. And I look forward to watching those young guys embrace the end of this, a traditional end of the season and a traditional playoffs, as traditional as this season can be, of course, but with a more normal schedule, fewer intangible um, variables that they were dealing with 
last year in the playoffs. I really look forward to seeing how this group, the way that they've embraced the regular season, I'm sure they'll embrace the postseason in a similar way, if not in a more intense type way. And, and I'm excited to see how it goes for them. Another thing that Doc Rivers said in recent days sometimes, the biggest move you make is the one you don't make. And it seems like in this situation, the 76ers found a nice way to balance the good, the great in what they've had so far, while also deepening the roster at a key spot. And quickly, the other one is the one that you didn't have to make because you're just waiting for it to return in Joel Embiid. Correct. Yep, I think that is a point that we, at least me, guilty as charged because of the way that the Sixers have been playing as of late. They only lost once in overtime to the second-best team in the conference. That's your only loss, and you're playing with that. Joe's played 20 minutes since the break. You're totally right. I think that um, that can't be shouted loud enough, that point, that he is coming back at some point. When he does, that only makes the Sixers that much scarier. Um, I do want to hit, before we're done, highlighting some of the other moves that yes. were reported to have been yes. made on trade deadline day. We have to start, I believe, in South Florida. Yes? Good move. Good move. Uh, South Florida, Victor Oladipo. You're, you're talking about that one, right? Um, Victor Oladipo, Nemanja Belizia from Sacramento as well. So they get a, a stretch big where they move Kelly Olenek out. Uh, in that particular deal with Oladipo, but they bring in another with Nemanja Belizia. And it's a good move. Uh, I've, I've liked Victor Oladipo from afar. I've had my questions, but now that going to Miami with what they have there, we know about the culture that's always spoken about, their medical staff and, and what they do. Uh, for, for any injuries that he has, that is probably a good place for him to, to uh you know, maybe uh, just kind of fix some of those little little band-aids that need to be fixed with Victor Oladipo. So a nice move. It makes them better, uh, adds to their backcourt, adds to their flexibility as well with their overall wing and wing depth as well. I think it's interesting. I mean, you said, Seltz, that sometimes the biggest move you make is the move you don't make. And, and I'm intrigued by the fact that let's say the, the primary competitors in the Eastern conference, the biggest move that was made was, was in Miami and was with Victor Oladipo. In my opinion, there weren't any truly earth shattering. I mean, PJ Tucker joining the bucks is a big one. I suppose Blake Griffin could end up being a big ish one in, in with the nets, but huge groundbreaking moves didn't really happen with the Sixers primary competitors. And I'm looking forward to seeing again, how this all shakes out, knowing that these are the squads, right? These are the squads that these main teams are going to take down the stretch. I'm excited about the Sixers squad. I'm excited about the fact that their competitors outside, maybe Miami didn't get significantly better at the deadline. And I'm just looking forward to seeing, seeing how it all shakes out. There's like a sense of calm when the deadline passes that you just, okay, this is the group we're rocking with. This is who they have. This is who we have. Let's move. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it all goes. I just have a question. Would it be Harden? That was actually the biggest one. Sure. No doubt. Earlier? Yeah, absolutely. Right. absolutely. right. It's almost like we forget about that because so much time has passed. It's almost like the Embiid move, right? Right. After this yes. is done, trade deadline has passed. I think that the James Harden trade still stands way by itself as the biggest blockbuster of the season. Another one I wanted to touch upon real quick, intriguing in my opinion, the Hawks and the Clippers swapping Rajon Rondo for Lou Williams. Lou Williams going back to Atlanta. Clippers needed another ball handler or a primary ball handler for sure, but man, Lou was such a huge part of that identity for what the Clippers had for such a long period of time. 
it's going to be really interesting to see sort of what the Clippers new nucleus is. I agree with you, Celts. He's sort of the face, obviously, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, those are their guys. But Lou, Lou Williams is sort of like the core of that team, right? He's the soul of that team. And it'll be interesting to see how they change without him. And then the Hawks have, have been very good lately. So it'll be interesting to see if he can unlock something. Lou has had a, a harder season. He's not playing like the sixth man of the year that we're used to. But maybe he goes home. He's energized. He's in a new situation with a new coach and new teammates. And the Hawks have been really, really good. Eight and t- eight and two in their last ten. Interesting to see if he can unlock something different in his hometown. And, and intrigued to see what Rondo back in LA now, just across the hall, means for the Clippers. I, I like the move for the Hawks with that that bench scoring that you, you can trust. You, it's something you can. It's a different dynamic to what you had with Kevin Herter, um, now Bogdanovich as well. So Lou Williams does a lot of different things. The one thing that I do know also is that Nate McMillan likes defense. And, you know, Lou is going to have to go out there and even though he's established and we know who he is, but uh, those minutes, you know, he's going to go out there and score and defense is a key priority for what Nate McMillan likes to do with the great job that he has done thus far with the Atlanta Hawks, but that's just been his calling card from Portland to Indiana and now here in Atlanta. So I like it. Um, the Clippers, I mean, you look at their two point guards with Beverly and now Rondo, two similar type of guys. Um, I don't know that it put the, puts them over the top, but it is someone who, again, uh, commands, commands the respect while on the floor and he is one that can grab hold of the basketball and say, hey, no, we're running this. We're doing this and and, and see how it all works out. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that all plays out. Maybe that was the change that was needed. Maybe Lou needed the change. Maybe the Clippers needed Rondo as, as much as, you know, Lou just needed to maybe uh, move on and, and have a fresh start back in, in Atlanta for the second time <laughs> as, a, as a member of the Atlanta Hawks. So I didn't expect Rondo for, for Lou Williams, but – Interesting. Always a day that leaves you excited. I love it. Waiting with anticipation, exhausted in the end, but very fresh quality analysis from you both. Thank you. Thank you. You too, Seth. Thank you. Yeah, the craziest part, after the trade deadline passed on Thursday, only seven hours until late night game between the 76ers and the Lakers. Whole lot of basketball activity on Thursday. Love it. Trade deadline, always, always exciting. And yeah, the 76ers bolstering some depth at a needed spot, heading into the stretch run of what has been so far a really successful and strong 2020-2021 season. So this was a Friday deep dive released on a Thursday. That's going to be our deep dive for the week. Lauren and I have an episode of Mailbag Monday with, we think, a special guest. Be on the lookout for news about that on Monday. We will talk to you then. See you. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. 
Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there.